It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Two teams have reportedly made trade offers for Justin Fields already. The first was very much expected. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, which is fantastic news. The second is a little bit shocking to me because of what I explained as a reason why I didn't think the Raiders would be making a trade offer for Justin Fields because Luke Getze failed him in Chicago and he's now the new OC in LV. Now, it does make some sense that I did preface that statement every time I made it with maybe Justin Fields and him are like this and they feel like the organization failed both Getze and Fields at the same time. And that would make it make sense if they did attempt to go after him. Uh, but this report coming from my boy uh, Jake from Uncutter, Uncovered NFL. And he reports that the Chicago Bears have received two trade offers for quarterback Justin Fields. One offer from Las Vegas, the other from the Atlanta Falcons. The Bears organization is still deciding internally which route to pursue. Those options being sticking with Justin Fields or trading out of the number one and trading out of the number one uh, draft slot or selecting uh, Caleb Williams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be breaking down this and a whole lot more. My thoughts on it, what do I think is going to happen, and do I think the Raiders are really in play for this? We'll find out. The Fantasy Football Show begins right now. Breaking news edition, file on in. Hit that like button if you would on the way in the door. I see eight of you did it, but 70 to 100 of you bouncing in and out already. Eight thumbs up. Let's do it live. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Smitty is also live whenever news breaks. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. Looky here, reindeer. We're back for yet another episode of the fantasy football show breaking news style uh justin fields two offers reportedly already been discussed or flung in the direction of the chicago bears some little little talk at least um you know obviously there's a bunch of uh a bunch of smoke during smoke season maybe some of this isn't true maybe all of it's not true maybe one of these pieces of information has a little bit of 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 juice behind it but then maybe the other doesn't hard to know Hard to know what the draft capital would be in exchange, too, because 
I have a feeling they're all low ball offers. And when you talk about Justin Fields, you have some people, especially in Chicago, that say, hey, Smitty, if we're trade Justin Fields, I'm a Chicago Bear fan. We're taking nothing but the eight pick. Let me tell you something. You don't make that decision, Bob. And my guess is the Falcons may consider it if push came to shove and, and the competitive uh, spirits were at work and everybody's trying to get him multiple teams, then people are going to up the ante. Just think of it like a, a housing market, right? If there's a house going for 400000 and it's going to be appraised at 400000 it's getting sold at 400000 or below in a bad market because the bank will make sure of it and the appraisal value will make 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 sure that gets kicked back down. Like if somebody's going to pay four twenty for a four hundred thousand dollar house, the appraisal comes in bad economy, bad market. That person selling the house is going to have to lower down to four hundred thousand. But when when somebody's in a competitive market where the banks are okay with you overpaying, bidding wars are at play. You could literally say, "I'm I'm listing my house for three hundred thousand, and you're not going to sell for three hundred because people will come in and start bidding it up to four twenty, four twenty five, four thirty. When it's worth four hundred thousand, and your your opening offer was three hundred, like that's that's what happens when competitive minds are at work and and teams are going after he, after a player and they're throwing offer after offer. Fields could easily go for a second round pick only, or he could easily go for maybe the eight trade down to a second round pick. So in the case of the Chicago Bears, maybe they surrender a second or a pick around that territory to the Atlanta Falcons in exchange for the eight. So it's kind of a, a swap, a move down for Atlanta, not a complete loss of a first rounder. It's basically you, you get fields in a second rounder, we get the number eight. That's that's essentially what, what the trade, I think, could be. Something like that could definitely be at work, in play. Um, I, I do think the Raiders, with the 13 overall pick, have a, a lot lesser offer on the table. Unless the Bears are saying, give us the 13 and they'll do that. And the Falcons say, we're not doing Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The, the eight pick. And then you've got the, the Raiders in the driver's seat. I, I, I still believe, I still firmly believe, first of all, both locations would be fantastic. If Fields ended up in LV, it would be great for Fields. It would be great for the Raiders. Devontae Adams to the moon for at least one year. Uh, you got Mayer's going to be a phenomenal uh, future piece. Zamir White to the moon. Maybe the Raiders pulled this off without getting rid of the 13 overall pick and they somehow get a Dunes A or another wide receiver and they figure out how to make this thing work. Maybe they go get Saquon Barkley. Maybe they bring in Fields, surrender the 13, even if it's a trade down, but then they somehow, some way, some way, shape, or form find their, their way, their, 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 their hands on a running back like Barkley. On a running back, let's go to the running back free agent board. A running back like Henry. 
You know, maybe they bring back Jacobs. Who knows? Maybe they bring in Eckler. So let's do a live. Zamir White and Eckler. Uh, lightning and lightning. Who who the hell knows? Or, or maybe maybe this is one of those like monsoon storms. It's like it's going to come every once in a while. This guy's not going to fully explode all year long. But I would I would venture to say LV's going to going to push all in uh, on this season. I don't think they feel like they're building. I feel like they got what they want. They got what they need. They just need a quarterback. Is all they need. So they will make a, a heavy push if they feel like Getsy wasn't a bad fit. That's kind of was my thinking as to why LV wouldn't be involved. Getsy was in Chicago last year. Getsy failed on fields. And, and like I said, and I caveated this every single time I mentioned it. The only way I could see LV being involved is if Getsy and Fields were like this. And they said, it's not, it's, it's not us, it's them. And they got rid of Getsy, scapegoated him. And he's over here in LV as a victim, and we think he's bad. And and I and I can't fully dissect why everything went wrong last year. I do feel like Getsy was a big part of it. But if they bring Fields in, man, surrounding him with this talent, with this organization, with this head coach in Pierce, and this this vibe they got going on in LV, I'd be okay with it. I, I think Fields would do great. I just think they're not as likely of a candidate for right now, but that could totally change. I think Atlanta is the most attractive place for Fields, but he doesn't make all the decisions. But where Fields wants to go will weigh in at some point because, look, he wants these teams want him for the long term. And, and nobody's going to want Fields coming and going, I don't want to be here. you know. And I don't know that Fields would care. I think Fields wants out of Chicago more than he is letting on. He says he's fine. He wants to stay there. He loves the Chicago fans. But it's a business, he said in his quote. He's placating to the situation he's gonna be politically correct to his fan base i love my fan base i love my city if you remember when fields was interviewed about whether he's gonna be in chicago or not his interview was very much about the city and the fans not necessarily the team the organization ryan poles anything like that so i i do believe at the end of the day fields doesn't really want to be there fields doesn't want to be somewhere think about it why would you want to be in a landing spot, a location where they're contemplating trading you. They're basically saying, we don't know if you're good enough. Maybe we'll keep you. Maybe. Maybe we feel like we can't get enough for you, so then you'll be second choice. Because right now, first choice is if we can get rid of you for the right price, then we're getting rid of you. That's option number one. Option number one is never going to be Fields. Fields will know, I am not option number one. He's not. Option number one is trading him for an offer they can't refuse. That is a, an insulting thing as a quarterback. He's got to want to go off that alone. And I think the Atlanta Falcons are the best landing spot by far and away. You've got Kyle Pitts. Think of what Fields has done with Komet and what he'll do with Kyle Pitts. London, DJ Moore, bringing in another wide receiver. If they can get Fields for a couple second rounders and not give up this eight, they could get a Dunze. They could get maybe neighbors, probably not, uh, they don't need. They can't draft Bowers. Although I would do it anyway. <laughs> give me, give me Pitts and Bowers. I'm Smitty. I'll do it live. <laughs> double, double tight end the right way. That's like that's like Hernandez and Gronk. Bowers, Kyle Pitts, London, Bijan, Fields. I'd do it. You call me whatever name you want to call me. Whatever helps you sleep at night. But I'd do it and I'd do it live. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. So, there you go. Smitty, Smitty, did you just say this is Keyboard Clifford? And I'm typing you after the live stream because I'm not such a diehard that I watch the lives. I'm, I've got to work in the morning, Smitty. I can't be up at 
uh, what is this, a, a midnight live stream? Um, here's Keyboard Clifford. Uh, I wanted to say that you saying Bowers going to Atlanta is a joke, LOLOL. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. LOL. Can't believe you'd say that, Smitty. What kind of analyst are you? Clifford, why aren't you ever in the live stream? Why aren't you ever in the live stream? I'd do it live. I don't care. I don't care. And here we got a uh, a Bears fan comment, and I'm not trying to go at Chappelle, but you know, you put it out there. Fields is staying put in Chicago. Oh yeah, <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about that, Bears? <laughs> I mean, I know you want it, but you don't make the call, Bears. Bear bones. You might be down to bare bones with your roster by the start of uh, of the season, because you get rid of Fields, it's a debacle. It's a botched move by. Polls. I don't know that Polls knows exactly what he's doing. He's made some good moves, some bad moves. Not saying he hasn't made some good potential on the surface level moves, but this would be a couple of steps backwards. Caleb Williams, I don't think he's going to survive in Chicago. Shane Waldron, horrible decision, Bare Bones. That's a Bare Bones potential offensive game plan. Uh, I appreciate you, though. I appreciate you. Chicago. Uh, Chicago, another Chicago fan. Bye-bye, Fields. Good luck in Pittsburgh. Hey, here's at least somebody that has a Chicago Bear logo in their avatar, and they know what time it is. Fields, bye-bye. Why would he want to stay? And it sounds like they're... Look, let me let me put it in layman's terms. Ryan Poles can't afford to not take the n- number one quarterback in the draft two years in a row. He already botched that earlier. And you could say he didn't botch it. He got a first round. Look what he could have had. Look what he could have had. Do you really believe it was a great move to pass on C.J. Stroud? Like, like, answer the honest question. I don't care what kind of first rounders you got back, what you might be looking at here. That's not a good move. Everybody says he made one of the best trades ever. Did he really? Are you sure about that? I, I, I honestly believe that I believe that this organization is going to judge Ryan Poles and everybody if they fail again with Fields and Poles will be gone. I think the entire staff will be gone if they fail with Fields again. If they go with Caleb, they're going to get more time. They're going to get more than one year to kind of develop him. I think this is a long-term move for Ryan Poles and this entire staff, uh, for sure. No one knew about Stroud. Not even you, Smitty. He was he was very much in the debate of being the number one quarterback. So I don't I don't know where you're getting that. No one knew about him. Like I wavered for sure. I admit that. I've taken my lap on thinking that Bryce Young was going to survive Carolina. 
But it also does depend on landing spot, bro. Like Stroud in Carolina might not be the same Stroud at all. So that's kind of a, a tough debate to actually have because you're talking about Bryce Young being in a horrible situation. And I don't know that he can really get out of it. So yeah, everybody did kind of know what Stroud is, bro. He was contemplated as the number one overall pick by a lot of pe- by a lot of uh, projected mock drafts and scouts and analysts. So no, that wasn't a surprise. He didn't come out of the woodwork. He was absolutely the one or the two quarterback in the draft. So, okay. Uh, here we go. How many people we got here? 106. We're going to open up the phone lines in a second. But this is great news. Atlanta Falcons hopefully are the team that this guy lands on. Other potential landing spots, I would, I would say definitely, uh, to my liking at least from a fantasy perspective, would be Washington and New England. And uh, Washington and New England... Either one of those teams that drafts or, or trades for Justin Fields will then draft Marvin Harrison Jr. That's why it's such a beautiful like setup and, and route that no one else has. Nobody but Washington, New England have the opportunity to trade for Fields, get him for hopefully some second rounders, maybe a future first rounder conditional with the second rounder. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe they got to overpay because of the competitive market space for him. But no team... But Washington and New England have the ability to trade for Justin Fields and also draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Those are two of my favorite landing spots, uh, New England and Washington, because it would come with Marvin Harrison Jr. And for, for Travis, if he's in here, that would be the best thing that ever happened to his New England Patriots since Tom Brady. Like literally since that that era, you're talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Fields is the only way to build. If you're talking about the Washington Commanders and this absolute coaching tripod, or, or, or this uh, this uh, decision-making tripod, I should say, Kingsbury offensive genius, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you want to come in and just hear all the regurgitated trash talk about, about Cliff Kingsbury, he's a... This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. An architect of a fantastic offensive game plan. Dan Quinn, defensive-minded head coach. The formula is now the new formula if done right. And Adam Peters, the puppet master from up above. I absolutely think it is a remarkable, unbelievable fantasy football goodness uh, 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 littered situation in Washington. And these are the other potential, according to this report, uh, from my boy Jake at Uncovered NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, Denver Broncos, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Washington Commanders. I don't know why the Bucks are in there. They're fully in let's retain Baker mode. We're going to franchise tag Baker Mayfield, et cetera, et cetera. Um, unless they get a trade done before, maybe that's why they're they're waiting. I don't know. 
Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, Denver Broncos. I, I said the Denver Broncos will be involved. I really do believe they will be aggressive because there's not a lot of ways out um, other than uh, from the Russell Wilson situation, especially when you tilted your hand and showed everybody you're getting rid of Russell Wilson. Uh, one of the worst situations for a team. Expensive to get rid of them, but they're going to. How do you upgrade them? You have to go after some big dog like Justin Fields. So 100%. Uh... Let's see here. I know there's a lot. I know we're, we're gathering some new people. First of all, if you're a Bears fan, welcome. We're not against Bear fans. I hope you know that. Just because I might talk a, a little bit about this being a potential future debacle if the Bears get rid of Fields. Doesn't mean I hate the Bears. I, I talked the Bears up big time last year believing in Fields, and, and it just didn't get done. One reason why I don't love the idea of Getsy and Fields being you know, re, reunited in LV However, under those conditions, maybe with Pierce and, and the way that they'll operate things, maybe it'll be better. And like I said, if I heard something along the lines of Fields loving Getsy and it and, and both of them not just feeling like they got what they needed and support they needed and the, the coaching decision making above Getsy that they needed to, to be successful. But I, I just don't know that I would trust that on its face until we had a whole lot more information. So it's not my favorite place. Uh, for him to land. But anybody in here that is a Bears fan, appreciate you all here. Pitch your tent. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy the content and subscribe if you're new. This is the only show you're going to find on YouTube that goes live when news breaks, that goes live every single day on top of that at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm your 8 p.m. show. I'm your 8 p.m. Eastern show. I'm also your live breaking news, break it down guy. Know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, dial in, dial in, dial in. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Dial in, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see. We got a super chat from Perps. Perps, I'm sorry. I just saw this. Perps says, yo, yo, please wipe your feet at the door and smash the thumb up button. Smitty, if you're late or watching later, don't forget to hit that thumb up button. It helps the show. Smitty. We appreciate his hard, dedicated work. Thank you, Perps. Appreciate your $20 holler. My broski, you are the man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me $20 holler. Cause everyone's getting bothered. And Brees Holly's in bother. Smitty, Smitty. Everybody's pretty. Uh, appreciate uh, appreciate that $20 holler. Superfish dropping a $5 wad on screen says Justin Fields was talking to Amon. Re yeah, we talked about this whole thing when that happened. That, that's old news at this point. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's it's worth listening to what he, yeah, we talked about that. This happened a, a little bit ago. So basically what we said on that was that, and I even said this at the top of the show, that, that Justin Fields basically answered the questions more about the fan base, more about the city. And, you know, like I said, did preface, but it's a business. You know, when he said, I, you know, I, I want I, my preference would be to stay. I love the city. The city's lit, I think is what he said. And I uh, love the fans. The fans are, you know, are great, but it's a business. And I think, like I said, he, whether he answers his questions carefully or not to protect himself, if he returns there, right, it, it's, it can't feel good to know your team's trying their best to get rid of you. And if they fail, they're going to return to you. And they failed you. They failed you. You now have a new, you know, offensive coordinator. 
You now have an offensive coordinator that you don't necessarily probably believe to be equipped to do what he needs to do to get this thing ready and right-sized right away in, in year one. Because like I said, if they don't redo everything and get on track right away, you know. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What, 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 in, the hell, what in the hell is going to happen next year? You know, Fields doesn't want to keep going through new offenses and new GM, or, or, or new G, well, maybe a new GM. If they fail, if they fail Fields, Pools might be gone. Oh, Pools won't be gone. Watch. Watch what happens if Pools fails Fields. Again, that's why I think Pools ultimately trades him, because if he brings Caleb in, he's got at least two years before anybody's going to give him the, you know, the boot. Uh, and maybe he can develop Caleb into something that he couldn't with Fields. Maybe he can. I don't know that, that Shane Waldron was the right pick. It seems like a stupid move, if you ask me. Thank you, Superfish. Appreciate you. Uh, Perps to the $20 hauler one more time. Perp says, I just wanted to shout out to our family member, Ron Navy, sending my best to him and Mrs. Navy, praying for Ron, who lost his beloved dog, who crossed the Rainbow Bridge and current health scare. Praying for the Navies. Thank you, Perps, for dropping that. Uh, appreciate you. Thomas dropping a super chat real quickly here says, Yo, Smitty, you take Kenneth Walker emoji away. Uh, it might have, we might have lost it in, 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 uh, they give you so many emojis per so many exclusive members. So become an exclusive member. Let's, 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 let's add Kenneth Walker back. Save Kenneth Walker. Make Kenneth Walker great again. Uh, Travis Rowe, you are live. What can I do for you, pal? We, uh, I still got Kenneth Walker for my emoji. So we're all right. Maybe he's um, got a, maybe he's got to scroll and look for him. Scroll around there, pal. No, no, like, no, no. The emoji's gone. Oh, my, my uh, profile, profile pictures. Walking, yeah, so. you know we might have lost him. Um, he, he's got to earn it back. He didn't, he didn't quite do enough last year. I mean, I can admit that as much of a fan as yeah. I, I think he, I think he it should. Wasn't necessarily all his fault. But. I think you know when, when push comes to shove, we we've got to, you know, we've got to make sure he does earn it back. Because like we only have so many emoji spots. Nobody knows what right. the Bears are going to do with the number one pick. Except for the Bears, that's true. Superfish. I would say though that that it's really hard to go back from from this place that they're at right now, where it's hey, we're trying to get rid of you. Like it's really, really hard to go back from that. Like it is a negative thing. Not to say that the Vikings didn't keep doing it with Kirk Cousins because they did, but um, you know, for a, a quarterback that's failed though, it's not a good feeling. You know, and and I think the Bears know that. Like. They, they probably feel like Fields is shaky, you know, to them. And Fields probably is. Like, if we're being honest with ourselves, Fields is going to go back and play in Chicago with a little bit of different fear and, and expectation and, and looking not over his shoulder to lose his job, but looking over his shoulder just in general for, for everything that's coming his way. He's going to have more of that in the same old situation than he is going to be going to, let's say, a new hyped-up situation where everyone's just so excited to have him. He's well-received. The fan base is just like, we haven't had... The Raiders would be so elated to have him. The Raiders fans would absolutely just absorb this man. 
and say, come here. You know, uh, they, they would they would coddle him. The newswire, the, the 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 beat writers, everybody would just absolutely cater to this kid. And, and I don't. I'm not saying that the Bears fans don't love him in general, but they're going to be very quick to turn on him too if he starts throwing a couple ints and then they start blaming him. Bears fans are tired of losing, and I don't blame Bears fans for that. And I don't blame Bears fans for saying either. Hey, let's try something new with the number one overall pick. How often do we get this chance? Caleb is highly touted. I don't think it'll work. I have questions about Caleb to begin with, and you put him with Shane Waldron in an, in a, in a in a system that failed Fields last year. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not sure. Um, it's not that I don't like Waldron. Ryan Ryan says, "Why do I dislike Waldron? He just isn't. He isn't proven enough to me to be this guy to be." in charge of this situation. We're talking about building up what people say is a very questionable but highly touted rookie rookie QB that 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 needs just he needs a he needs a, a Shane Steichen. He needs a Cliff Kingsbury. What are you doing putting a guy that was in the NFL for like in and out of the NFL for 20 years and he and he finally got his OC job in Seattle. He's not there anymore and he, he I believe it was what 3 years three years he, he'd been an OC and granted you know he did a lot with a little in terms of Gino you could you could bring that to to the conversation and I could say that that's you know the only point I can't really refute is say well you know Gino did do pretty well and we didn't think he would but I don't I don't know that that's who I want sculpting my Caleb Williams you know quarterback and turning him into the best quarterback that he can be that's not the guy that I want trying to fix the Justin Fields situation Shane Waldron I don't know maybe he proves me wrong but this is already a tough situation as it is you're not going to go get the most experienced the most highly touted offensive coordinator you can find you're going to go with Shane Waldron you know if he was so good why is he not in Seattle you know I, I I don't know um What 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 else we got, Tra- Travis? Um, with uh, I, I like I go back and forth with Fields and and with the Raiders. I think there's really high upside if he goes there. There's in the back of my mind a little bit that worries me. Like if what if Devontae Adams falls off, or what if Samir White isn't the guy? You know, and it's a it's I like Pierce, but what if he isn't? I think coaches, there's just more shaky than in Atlanta or even in Seattle, like we talked about. Yeah. The, the, I'm not the, saying I don't like it, but yeah. there's just a few things. And Getsy's there. We don't really know if he was the problem or not. And Yeah. So. I agree with you. And maybe Getsy was, maybe Getsy was, that, maybe Getsy wasn't, wasn't. And it's not that I don't, not that I hate Shane Waldron. Could Shane Waldron, like, could Shane Waldron prove me wrong? I've already said, sure, he could. But that's not the guy I want to put in charge of this very crazy, like, unique situation is what I'm trying to tell you, Foster and Nano. I'm not saying he's 100% going to bust that I'm going to sit here and, and dig my heels in and say, ah, I can't. I'm telling you, like, maybe he can prove me wrong, but this is not the experiment time that, 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 that I believe this is an experiment to see if he is this good. Can he cultivate this quarterback? I don't. I don't like Waldron. He's got a long resume for coaching, but not offensive coordinating. Only this one little run of like three years or so, which again, I, I it, it was decent. It was good. 
He's had his hands in a few pots that have been pretty, you know, decently successful. But this is not a Cliff Kingsbury. This is not a Shane Steichen. This is not a Ben Johnson. This is not a, um, you know, one of those situations that I think is absolutely a phenomenal like piece to your team. Like you bring in somebody that can architect like that. I think that I have more faith in Fields getting, you know, back on track where we thought he could have been last year and where he was in like week three and four. Or was it four and five? It's, uh, it's funny because I see a lot of several Bears fans in the chat over the past few weeks. And I, I think a lot of them are afraid of Caleb Williams too. I, I constantly have people saying, hey, and I, I think Chris Foster was just talking about it too. Oh, with Washington or New England, we send uh, we'll send them Caleb for you know and for their next two first round picks. Or you guys can have Caleb for this or that. It's like they don't uh, they'd rather keep Fields. I think a lot of a lot of Bears fans, and I think they're afraid of the Caleb Williams situation. Yeah, no, most Bear fans. I don't blame them. Most Bear fans have have been very, very publicly in favor of keeping Fields, and 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 you'll see a lot of Bears fans come in very aggressively, saying Fields isn't going anywhere, and that's the diehard fan that really, no offense, is out of it, touch as to what the situation really is. They're just scared to lose him. I don't blame them. It's good, but I feel bad. I feel bad for him too, in the sense that there's it's kind of like a bad situation no matter what I, I could be completely wrong but the Caleb thing scares me but I really think Fields needs a fresh start to hit his ceiling yeah. I, I don't think even if even if the Bears are set up a little better I just think what he's gone through there he, he needs a fresh start yeah just to get that confidence he, he does and and up. and he needs to just shake free and and break loose the past, right. you know, like the, he needs to go forward and he can't have anything from the past, like grabbing him by the shoulder pads and pulling him back. And even if it's bad behavior or just the doubt of this team and the feel of it, like who wants to go back to that? Especially, like I said, and I don't know how many times I got to say it um, for the people in the chat that are, I think bears fans that they probably found us and we're, we're glad you found us. I don't want you to think, take a negative Take this in negative way. You're you're going to be sentimental to this topic. You're going to be defensive to this topic. But um, I, again, I'm not saying Waldron can't become a good OC or for sure won't be. Or when someone said in their chat, "How do you know it wasn't Pete Carroll that held him back or something?" I'm not saying that those things aren't something to consider. I'm just saying when you failed Fields already. And you're bringing in a new OC. Do you really want to play that game, where we're, we're hopefully this is going to work? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, why why are we talking about this? Like, well, what if he's good? Of course, he could be. You know, what if, he, think, what, if um, what if he's good developing a, a Caleb Williams? Maybe, but don't you want someone that's got a little more experience? Why on earth would a Bears fan not want Cliff Kingsbury, who was his QB coach? At USC this past season, why would you not prefer Kingsbury over Waldron? I don't understand that at all. Because you don't have him? If you had him, you'd love him. But I think that's the natural fandom, you know, uh, defensive move is that Kingsbury's trash. And again, I, I could be wrong too, and but Waldron almost seems like he, he is better for like 
like Gino. They needed to kind of rein him in and make him just a good passer and get accurate and all those things where I don't know if he's cut out to coach a dynamic type guy who's going to run around and work outside the pocket and do all these things that a Fields or a Caleb Williams does, all these multiple different looks. And whereas, like you said, a Kingsbury is cut out for that. He's tailor-made for that job. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be quite interesting uh, to see that how this plays out. That always a good point. That, uh, he, he said, I could see the Bears pass on Caleb. And that's something we haven't covered is that, especially JD5, I agree with you. I think his stock is going to... Yeah, no, we 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 talk about that. We do that. He could end up being the first pick. Yeah, no, we talk about that all the time, actually. Um, Well, no, I just meant like the Bears drafting him. I don't know if we. No, no, we talk about that all the time. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Like, yeah, as I've said over and over, JD five. I don't know if you've seen. You've got to have seen the rants on this one where I say JD five. You, if anybody thinks in the eleventh hour he's not climbing to the number one overall quarterback spot, like. In a majority of the NFL minds, like you got another thing coming because this is the NFL. This is the NFL. This is obviously the fatigue sets in for the top guy. This is just like politics, as I always say. In politics, the top guy, you you develop a fatigue for him at some point, and then a new face comes in in the eleventh hour. That's why a lot of people will wait until the final moments to jump into a race or announce something because they don't want to have that fatigue going on they want to be the the spicy you know topic of the moment and so jd5 is going to have a whole lot of opportunity to climb up when jd5 goes and shows what he can do whether it's at combine or if all the all the guys sit out combine uh drills and all that and they push it to the pro days you'll watch jd5 be electric you'll watch people say jd5 can do it all he's maybe better than lamar jackson in one or two calendar years that's what people are going to say about jd5 now will the bears agree with it i don't know caleb has been the guy they they apparently want but if jd5 goes out and blows away everybody and caleb has some sort of off the field little issue just one little issue or something arises from the past just one thing or you know, somebody sounds the alarm that no one attended his birthday party. I've said that before from, from uh, Bo Callahan days. Like, anything emerges and all of a sudden, you know, there's doubt casted. And I believe that the Bears will entertain May and entertain JD5 more than people expect. I do believe at the end of the day, though, this is what I've also said, that the Bears don't want a replica, uh, replication of... The skill sets and abilities of Fields, they may want somebody they feel is a little different. Now, Caleb scrambles really well, too, so it's not like he's not also kind of in that vein. But that's why Drake May might also be considered. If Drake May's stock continues to climb and he becomes the consensus number one, you know, you have Chicago maybe contemplating swapping with Washington. But I think ultimately Chicago still would be afraid of the unknown of not getting their guy. So I think at the end of the day, they don't trade down. But I think that if anybody thinks it has to be Caleb, we're too far away from the NFL draft to have anything cemented in. And we saw Cam Newton in the 11th hour climb up. We've seen quarterbacks in the past climb up out of nowhere, um, you know, from like the third or fourth QB spot. It it happens all the time. Now, I hope JD5 doesn't go to Chicago because I want him to go to Washington, New England, Atlanta, or Minnesota, or uh, Seattle, 
I think JD5 in any of those locations would be absolutely phenomenal. Hell, JD5 to Miami if they had any brains about this situation. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love Miami Mike McDaniel, but good God, he, the way he believes in Tua, it's just head-scratching to me. Perfect night. Yeah. Who, who might be his kryptonite? How much was Pete Carroll micromanaging? It's a good question. And again, the Bears fan earlier said the same thing. And I'm not saying that there isn't an answer to that that would eventually we look back and go, oh, God, yeah, that's actually true. That's Maybe Waldron's better than we think. I've said it a thousand times already. Shane Waldron could prove me wrong. I'm not calling him a complete, utter bust and predicting Shane Waldron to be trash. I'm saying if you failed fields already and you might go down the road of fields again, why are you bringing him in and taking the risk of, Maybe this isn't his wheelhouse to be doing this big of a project. Uh, maybe because whether it's fields, whether it's rejuvenating fields, which is a very tough, tall order, given that he failed and there's going to be a head game on top of physical, on top of new offense, on top of every piece around him failing fields. Everything failed fields. You know, there's a lot of drops. There's a lot of things that go into that. So you really want to put that in Shane Waldron's hands? Why not? somebody a little more experienced and if you're going to go the caleb route why wouldn't you bring in kingsbury and 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 kingsbury loves fields so much i would love to know and maybe kingsbury answered this somewhere and i don't we don't have the clip on it or something but if you said hey would you go to chicago if you know in in play in play with with uh with caleb like i i know he was probably contemplating that and maybe chicago wanted nothing to do with him I don't. I don't know if anybody has the answer in the chat. One of the bear, bears, uh, closely closer to the situation. What, was Kingsbury even a consideration? Uh, you're live, Jafar. Hey, Smitty, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, this year. We're going to have six QBs going in the first round. Um, obviously, the top three, we kind of have an idea where they're going to go, but. Regarding Bo Nix, McCarthy, and Penix, where do you think are some good landing spots for them? Uh, we talked about Bo Nix to Denver a lot, Las Vegas a lot, Bo Nix to New Orleans, Bo Nix to Seattle. Those are all fantastic. And those are all right. Minnesota, those are all right. Minnesota, Denver, LV, New Orleans, Seattle. I mean, you, you talk about a, a, a slew of teams that need a quarterback except for the Colts. Every one of them. And Penix would work too. Though. Yeah, Pen- Pen- the same same answer for, for both of them. Yeah, those those the eleven through sixteen taking out Indy, and obviously Minnesota if they bring back Cousins, then you take them out. But I don't know, man. That's the that's the beauty. And and like I said, you know, Miami. If Miami was smart, they would take Bonix or Penix Jr. If they were there, I don't think they will be. But we've seen greater falls happen. Um, I just believe that we're going to see. I believe we're going to see Penix Jr. and Bo Nix climb a lot more than they've fallen lately in people's minds because of skill drills and stupid, you know, uh, uh, senior bowl day, you know, chatter. Like, oh, Bo Nix and look, Bo Nix and Penix Jr. have done so much to prove they're the guys. A a little throwing in the backyard isn't going to change that. Pro days are going to help. I think solidify their placement in the top 15 overall. Like, easy. Penix Jr., you know, everybody told me Bijan wouldn't go in the top 10, JFR. I, I got call after call after call. A lot of you remember that. People be like, he's not going in the top 10, Smitty. Running backs don't go in the top 10. Like, it, it, you know, it, every, everything's case by case. And Penix Jr., 
I think there's going to be a team in this slew of teams that need a quarterback that says, look, this guy absolutely exploded all year long. Yeah, there's an injury history, but not in the most two, two recent years. Why do you think he played like 17 seasons in college football? He's like 95 years old because he had to throw down two elite seasons in a row because he kept getting hurt, and he did that. And everybody that said, look, he got hurt in the, the national championship game, he didn't get hurt in the national championship game. He got banged up, and he kept playing like a monster through all of it. And his receivers were running the wrong routes. He wasn't getting any help from anybody. And everybody just rushed to judgment on Penix Jr., said he got folded and figured out. You don't get figured out against Michigan. Michigan's a tough defense. So it really was ridiculous. Um, I love Penix Jr. Love him. Yeah, and just imagine him in Miami. With how many times Tyreek Hill had to stop in the middle of his route with Tua underthrowing him, I think Penix, if they trade up to get Penix, wow, that really <laughs> excites me. Yeah. Um, uh, Nano, uh, again, the, Nano, thanks for bringing this information. I, I Again, I, don't, I haven't deep-dived into this topic right here, so if this is true, this is good info. Kingsbury was not a consideration. It was a fact-finding interview, so they did do a little poking around, but it's crazy to me that they, if they go Caleb, and maybe they don't go Caleb, but if they go Caleb, they wouldn't bring in his QB coach from USC, the guy that coached four Heisman Trophy quarterbacks, the guy that coached Patrick Mahomes, and the guy that holds some NCAA records and has always one of the most electric arsenal attacks in football wherever he goes at any level and yeah maybe he failed as a head coach in Arizona I'm a Cardinal fan I'm in Arizona that's where I'm at and I can tell you that that, that there are you know torn people in Arizona about Kingsbury but what Arizona Cardinal fans will tell you is that he was exciting as a coach and and a play caller and a play designer and maybe he didn't do some of the head coaching things well but Kingsbury, in my opinion, and I was very, very much not a fan of just getting rid of him and giving up on him, I still felt like Kingsbury got the most out of the offense, and I think that they just needed to make better decisions, which is part of what I think he got canned for. But like, if you take what he does do well that made me want to hang on to him as a, a play-calling guy, similar to Shanahan, all of his horrible decisions he makes, personnel decisions. Shanahan's one of the worst coaches in the NFL in certain parts of head coaching. And he's the best offensive, one of the best offensive coordinators and schemers in the game. He's an absolute savant. Shanahan is part amazing and part, I don't know, part just horrible decision-maker. From and You can come in and call into the phone line if that pissed you off. From Trey Lance, misusing Trey Lance, getting Trey Lance hurt, running him like a fullback, running Debo Samuel as much as he did. Uh, 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 Especially, you know, when Trey Lance got injured in that game, he ran Debo Samuel up the gut on a uh, halfback plunge right before half to run the clock out. Uh, This is a guy that continues to injure his players and make bad decisions on coaching levels. I, I very much feel like Kingsbury is in the same boat is that Kingsbury as much as I I did understand moving on from Kingsbury part of me wanted to hang on to him as head coach because of the OC because of the offense because of how much he got out of Kyler and how amazing the Cardinal offense was the Cardinals were the best team in football 100% the best team in football through eight nine games 
that season that the Cardinals were the you know they were going undefeated. They were they were crushing everybody left and right. Injuries kind of struck and it started to unfold and unravel. That was not luck. Kingsbury's very good at offensive coordinating and scheming, and Kingsbury would be an OC. He wouldn't be asked to be the head coach in Chicago. Uh, I think Washington and and Adam Peters, the architect and puppet master over in San Francisco, guy that, that identified Kittle. How much did he have to do with Purdy? This guy is an absolute gem at finding talent. He's now in Washington making all these big calls, brought in Kingsbury. You think that was? You think Adam Peters made a mistake bringing in Kingsbury? Pay attention to how good Adam Peters is as a GM because he knows what he's doing. That's why they're probably going to end up with JD5 because he knows what he's doing. Kingsbury, JD5, do it live. What else you got, J4? Yeah, uh, with uh, the, the commanders, if they got JD5, it would be great. Great for the receivers, but, uh, you know, the best, you know, you keep bringing up that you think New England's best move is to trade for fields. 100%. Yeah, if JD5 falls to New England, I actually like that better for them than taking. I don't. What, like, do I like JD5 more than Fields? Yes. I actually do. I, I, I would take a gamble on that. But do I like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Fields over JD5 in the second rounders you would keep? 100% love Marvin Harrison Jr. and Justin Fields. That is that is just nasty, bro. You give that to either of the number two and number three overall uh, selecting teams, New England or Washington, and you've got a Super Bowl contending build that you're going to inch closer and close, closer to each each year until you get it into that form. I'm not saying it happens out of the gate, but you get you get Fields and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. in Washington with all the stuff that Adam Peters is going to do slowly over time. <laughs> you put you put Harrison Jr. and Fields in New England with Stevenson. And, and give that team a, a chance to build with without you know the the hindrance of uh, of uh, Bill Belichick and the way he makes decisions. I, I love it, but but at that at the same time, money, J, money at, the, at the same J, same time J four, could I cook up something that's near as good? Yeah, you want me to tell you what it is? I it, I would draft JD five and I'd bring in Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins or both of them. <laughs> and, I, and I'd start. Uh, I, I yeah. like that better than than field. And like I said, uh, like I said last night, I'd um, if they go that route, I'm bringing in the Jatavion Sanders kid for tight end. That too. He's, he's, I think he's gonna be a real that good too. pass catcher on offense. That too. Yeah. I mean, J- JD five and and in in Hopkins and Evans. The only the only bad side of bad thing about that is that Hopkins and Evans probably have one to two years left max. Then they start really dropping off. Yeah, yeah. And will they win enough in time? But the way I would look at it is that we could try and look at Stroud. I mean, I mean, c- can we say they couldn't? Could we say that Washington or New England couldn't go deep into the playoffs with a rookie quarterback? Look what Stroud just did. Um, I think it's certainly possible. Right. And at the, at, at the very, very least, what you do is you give JD5 some of the best weapons that he can develop with, and then you just replace them, and then you're fine. And like you said, like you talked about, the the wide receiver group is so deep that 
if, even if you don't get Marvin Harrison because you go the route of JD5, you could sign a guy and you could draft another guy. There's going to be some gems in the third, like third and fourth round still out there because there's so many pass catchers in this draft. Yeah. Yeah, hoping it's going to be crazy. Um, yeah, uh, in, investor better don't come in and drive people out of the live stream. Um, or my mods will put you in timeout. Even if it's, hey, come with me, let's go draft. Like, some people are watching on their phone, bro. And if they go draft, they have to leave the show. You know, we'll go into a, we'll go into a live stream and draft at some point, but don't, uh, be careful on that. Uh, Stroud was picking number two. Stroud was pick number two. But Burrow is the most recent number one, says Superfish. I don't know what that conversation is about, but Bur- Burrow's fan. Burrow's, Burrow's going to... I love Burrow this year. We've talked about that a lot. We're going to have a lot of live streams on that. Burrow freaking to the moon this year, especially at 6th, 7th round territory. You know? Uh, uh, it's going to be He's phenomenal. Gonna be his own little, little revenge tour. Yeah. Okay, I, I appreciate you, investor. I'm just saying, be careful because like some people do that, and it, it's not necessarily taken. Maybe the way I'm not live streaming. I'm not live streaming. I'm not sure what you mean. Okay, uh, deep wide receiver. Yeah, streaming. well, I yeah, well, okay, yeah. but but still, you're, you're, you're in a sense, you're, you know, you're potentially trying to take people out of the live stream, so. Hot Prime says, Code Smitty. He knows how to put a Band-Aid on anything, Hot Prime. This guy this guy knows what he's doing. He's like, <laughs> investor could have at least led with, hey, Code Smitty on underdog right now if anybody's interested. Um, but, but just, you know, taking people away from the live stream is not, you never want to go into anybody's live stream, bro, and say, hey, everybody, let's go over and do this, or you're going to get banned or blocked immediately. Like, so be careful. Uh, we started talking about McCarthy and then took him, in the big board just now, McCarthy. I like McCarthy, but I don't love him. I don't love him. I don't love him at all. I, I, I'm not saying he can't become a, a pretty damn good player. Uh, I'm not saying I write him off. I'm not predicting him to be a bust, but I think he's getting overvalued. I think McCarthy's the fifth best quarterback of the lot, and maybe even Rattler could be better than him. You know, Rattler's probably QB6. Is the only question with McCarthy how his passing game is going to develop? Obviously, that's big with the quarterback, but is it just because he didn't throw much, or is it what you've seen of him? You don't really, you know, doesn't impress you. Because I don't know much about McCarthy. I'm, you know, I'm trying to learn more about him. I I think you look at McCarthy, and your only hope is that he's this hidden gem that you can see he he's got great decision making, or whatever. But like in the national championship game he didn't shine at all like he, it wasn't like we saw that like oh he was precision at its best and even though they didn't ask him to do a lot he was precision across the board like this is a good quarterback that feels more Kenny Pickett than he does elite quarterback That's you know you know what I mean like is he Kenny Pickett or is he is he this Tom Brady that had 2600 yards like Tom Brady Ziggy how many yards did Tom Brady have in college football 
per season. In his NFL career, Tom Brady threw for 89,214 yards. Rushed not in, not in the pros, Ziggy. Ziggy. Ziggy off. God, he's worthless. He's worthless. He's absolutely worthless. I, I, all I want to know is his college seasons. Um, let me pull it up. Tom Brady college football career stats. And I am not saying that Tom Brady is or J.J. McCarthy, like, I'm the last person that's going to tell you J.J. McCarthy is the next Tom Brady. I'm just saying, you know, the only thing you can say about Tom Brady is, is like, you couldn't see him coming, and to judge someone off of their stats uh, in their numbers is not always the safest game to play. Mm-hmm. But no one's at, no one asked anybody to draft Tom Brady in the top 10 overall. So where is, right. where is McCarthy going to go in the top 10 overall? And so when you don't have a track record of that, and here's Tom Brady's stats just so people can see it because it's astonishing. It's fun to just look at. These are his Michigan stats right here. Um, didn't do anything, obviously, in 96 to 97. 1998, 2,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. 1999, uh, 2,200 yards and 16 touchdowns. Unbelievable that this turned into the best quarterback of all time. <laughs> like it's great, you know what I mean? So, can I draw a conclusion and paint this picture about McCarthy yet? No, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to say cement in, he's busted, never going to change, but like I'm not taking a guy that's really in my opinion very unproven and didn't really show what I thought he could show. He wasn't playing the Michigan defense. The Michigan defense was on his team. You know, like, so it was like McCarthy should have looked better in the national championship game. He didn't. Penix Jr. has a little bit of an excuse because he went up against the Michigan defense. And and on top of that, he had some good good throws that were receivers ran wrong routes. Adunze came out and admitted that that wide open Adunze touchdown, which should have changed the trajectory mm-hmm. of the game. That was Adunze's fault, 100%. He said, I turned the wrong way. The ball was exactly where it needed to be. And everybody came at Penix Jr. Everybody loves to come at Penix Jr. and say he's going to be trash. You watch. Bo Nix and Penix Jr. are so underrated. One of those guys could be the best QB. I love JD5. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also not cementing anything in because landing spots everything. If Penix Jr. goes to Seattle, where his offensive coordinator is Ryan Grubb, his his Washington offensive coordinator this very past season just got hired as the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. You think that's a coincidence? Maybe they take Pettis Jr. Nope. at 16. And in Seattle, throwing a JSN and DK, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, I'm, I'm here for it. He could be the number one quarterback in the draft class there. Love it. Yeah, because with, with McCarthy, I, I just... All I really hear, like I said, I don't know a lot, so I don't want to quite judge, but I hear he has, you know, quote-unquote, all the intangibles, and, oh, he's got plenty of arm to play in the NFL. He's got a strong arm. But I know he didn't throw a lot. I mean, they ran so much that it's just hard for me to get a grasp on him. And and then I see people going, oh, he's going in the top eight, no doubt. And I kind of wonder, I mean, the hype could get that high, but is is that appropriate or, you know, so... Yeah, that's, tough, that's tough, to know, tough to know. Tough to know where these guys are going to go. Uh, Marsman Rockout's on the line. Marsman Rockout, what's up, my guy? Sorry about the wait. Hey, Rockout. Hey, what's up? Um, I know everybody likes JD Five and elusiveness, but what if Commanders went Drake uh, May? What's your feeling with Washington with uh, May over um, uh, JD Five? Let me just say this: if 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 Penix Jr. went to Washington, 
I'm not saying they'd take him. You never know. Everybody that thinks Penix Jr. or Bo Nix could never in a million years be the second overall pick. Just wait. Wait till pro days before you start cementing anything into place. But let's just say in a fairy tale world, Bo Nix or Penix Jr. went to Washington at two. I would absolutely love that landing spot. Let's say Drake May goes number two. I actually, I, I really think I could get behind Drake May there because of what Washington has to offer and what they're going to surround him with. It's all about Adam Peters and, and Kingsbury, really. So if they decide, you know, if, if, if Kingsbury sees talent in this kid the way that a lot of people do, and I admit that I'm I'm a little lesser on, on Drake May than everybody else, but not a ton. He means my QB 3, 4, or 4, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. 4, 5. Somewhere between three, four, five. Like he's he's floating in there because Bo Nix and Penix Jr. are just that good to me. Um, I could I could easily consider him maybe the best quarterback in the entire draft class if K- Kingsbury's architecting his offense and you've got Adam Peters surrounding him with talent and Washington's a damn good landing spot. Now, do I love um, JD five or Bo Nix or Penix Jr. Let's say Washington traded down for the people that are so uncomfortable talking about Bo Nix and Penix Jr. going to Washington at two. Right, if you right. can't you can't get creative, whatever. Washington moves down. Everybody's shocked, and they take Penix Jr. or Bo Nix. Do I like? Let's say it's around twelve or thirteen, or they move down. Do I like Penix Jr. and Bo Nix in Washington more than Drake May in New England? Yes. But but Drake May in Washington's phenomenal. And I, I, it's not that I don't think Travis that he'll develop. I'm just saying I like the other two quarterbacks a little bit better anyway. And I love Washington so much. How do you like Bo Nix and McCarthy? How do you like Bo Nix or Penix in uh, Atlanta? Love them. Love them in Atlanta. I mean, they're, 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 anybody in Atlanta is, yeah, an upgrade. Um, I love Russell Wilson in Atlanta. <laughs> you know? I, I do. I, I, I don't love him more than Penix Jr., Bo Nix, or especially Fields, but if we can't get one of those three, Penix Jr., Bo Nix, Justin Fields, JD5, one of those four, whether JD5 falls or they move up, we can't get one of those, Fields included, then, then Russell Wilson, I'll take. I'll take it. I'll take it. No yeah. doubt about it. The Michigan guys, Michigan guys won the championship, and they still can't stop talking trash about Panic Junior. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. That remind, that just reminds me of like the interdivision fandom we see in the NFL. Yeah. It's like the same thing about Kingsbury. They won the championship. Kingsbury sucks. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll wait and see. Kingsbury's horrible. I hear that. That's the same thing. Same kind of same kind of interdivision rivalry talk. You go on X Twitter. And you see something about Kingsbury. Let's say when Kingsbury was hired on as as OC in Washington, you go and look at the Twitter comments. They're nothing but he's trash. Another L. That's why Washington sucks. And and where does everybody think these comments are coming from? Ninety percent rival team followings. You know these are fan bases of rival teams, interdivision, a lot of it. And that's it's just loud. It's loud noise. And you know, it, it, it's funny because any of these teams were to have got them, you know, they would, like, let's say the Niners brought in Kingsbury. They'd be like, hey, let's see what he does. You know, he's, he's good. He's good. He, he, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. It's just, it, it's just, it would be the same song and dance with any of those moves. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, 
Perps, you're correct. He was the he was at the game, but his talent wasn't. What were we talking about? Sick nasty there. Who will the Patriots? Oh uh, man, that, that message went away. Please, no Russell Wilson. That would ruin the Falcons' fantasy hotspot. I don't think so. I I think that like, do I want it over the other four? No, but like, if you don't get one of those other options, he is the best available. What else you get? Or Kirk Cousins? You can say Kirk Cousins, and then. And then Russell Wilson. So, Fields number one in Atlanta. Then it would be JD5, Bo Nix, Penix Jr., Kirk Cousins. And you could even put Kirk Cousins above all the rookies if you wanted. Fields, Kirk Cousins, and then the rookies. And then, if you wanted. But I'd rather have the rookies personally because I want to build something long, long term. And I do believe that much in Bo Nix and Penix Jr. Then it's Russell Wilson. Like, what other option do you have? You know? But uh, of those options, I could see you saying that. Um, all y'all do is hate on Michigan. I'm standing up for my boys, says Sick Nasty. I'm not hating on Michigan if it comes across like I'm hating on Michigan at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not Sick Nasty. Uh, I what, he thinks I'm hating on Michigan. Oh. What else you got, Rock Out? Sorry. Uh, what else you got, Jfar? Yeah, I'm looking at the draft order right now. Giants and Tennessee could also take QBs. We could have five quarterbacks who go in the top ten, which would be unprecedented. I I think probably both of them don't, or at least one of them for sure doesn't, because Tennessee's got Levis. They're not they're not done with that experiment at all, bro. I think, um, yeah. And the Giants have so much money tied up in Danny Dimes. I think they're they're imbeciles. They're an imbecile organization if they take a quarterback. Not saying they shouldn't, but they're just like, they're not getting any better. Like, and I'm not saying Danny Dimes is the answer, but like you just, you thought he was. You just paid him through the roof and his dead cap's like $70 million. You know, like, what are you really going to do? Are you really admitting already? And you should be like, let me rephrase this. They should take a quarterback. They should be taking a quarterback. But it's just going to hammer home how bad of an organization and decision-making, you know, top, top level that they are to put Danny Dimes in the driver's seat to be having like a $70 million cap hit if they, if they, if they release him or whatever. What are you going to sit a guy you're paying this much money on the bench? Like, you know, so I, I don't think they can afford to go that route, even though they should do it right at the end of the day, they should not be passing on a, on a Bo Nix if they can get him in there. But like, that would just be. I, 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 you never know. You could be right, JFR, but I think these two teams are not taking quarterbacks. But that's so just with, the, with Danny Dimes, they move off him after this year. After this coming season, you know, they can move off Danny Dimes. They'll have a quarterback sitting behind, you know, Daniel Jones for a year, and then they can start him. And Dable has proven that he can develop quarterbacks. Of course, I, I agree with you, but will they do that after one year? What a bad move. Like, I, I think they're going to swallow their, they're not going to swallow their pride on that. Tough to say. You never know. Again, again I'll, pre- I'll rephrase what I said because I, I didn't mean it the way it came out. I think the New York Giants should be getting a quarterback because Danny Dimes is not the answer, maybe. But you also could say they're going to get the number one, number two, and number three overall pick next year. You know, so like if they were, if they were to take, let's say, uh, and I don't want them to take neighbors, but if you take neighbors in preparation for next year, getting the number one, number two, or number three quarterback next year, 
and you have neighbors already, well, maybe you are setting yourself up for a better situation, but who the hell knows? I think that's a smarter move. Unless they're trading up to a top three pick, I think they're smarter to just kind of tank out this year and make a really good pick at five or get a haul for the five pick if someone wants to move down a little bit and set up for next year. Where would the QBs aren't as strong next year. Yeah. Yeah. Where would you live? uh, Where would you rather live? Chicago or LV? I don't think I'd want that Chicago weather. I love the snow and rain, but not all the time. Uh, so I don't think I would want that. In the city either, so. Yeah, and, L- and LV would be kind of fun, you know. Um, I'm not like a huge, huge, you know, card gambler or slot machine gambler or anything like that. But I would love, I would love to be, if, if depending on my living situa- situation, you know, like would I love the tra- traffic or living near the strip? And I don't know, I'm not sure. Uh, how you doing, Smitty? I'm doing good, Kirby. Called in last week from Seattle, just joining the show. Appreciate you uh, for the $10 hauler. $10 haulers get a moonshot. My man, appreciate you. To the moon. To the moon. Um, uh, Mars man, rock out. You got anything else? Yeah, is this for certain um, Pittman's going to get franchised? Yeah, I, I think Pittman's getting franchise tagged very, very soon. I think that's happening soon. I yeah. think they're, they're trying to probably work out a, a long-term deal with them. I know that Sometimes franchise tagging a player gets the ball rolling too, because you look at um, in the example of let me go to the wide receiver board. I probably need to update this. I think I got a tag a tag icon here. Uh, let, let me put let me put that here tagged. Yeah, so Higgins. Um, I, I guess the way I would look at this is like Higgins probably thought he could get more, you know, and he's holding out, and so they tried to offer him what they felt was fair. But then at the end of the day, when Higgins probably was, they were too far apart, um, they're probably going to look at it now and say, okay, now that you have no other options, do you see that this is the best offer you're going to get? And then he might come closer to their offer. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, but you want to try because the player, you know, is going to be a lot more, I think, apt to be receptive to a, a long-term negotiation and, and want to play for your team when you like try not to put them in you know fantasy or fantasy in NFL prison because that's what the players consider the franchise tag is prison like they they hold them yeah. in, in in a in a in a in a financial jail and they hate it players hate the tag it creates animosity for sure so they're they're, they're definitely they were definitely trying to do the right thing I think um and, and they couldn't get it done, so they tagged him. I think the the Colts might be trying to work out a long-term deal. They're prob- probably also wondering what other options they have. They're exploring them. You know, what if Hopkins was released? You know, that like there's some there's some things they're probably discussing and kicking around. Um, would I rather have Hopkins over Higgins? Yes, I would. I would have. So I, I would have considered that. Would the Colts rather have Hopkins than Pittman? Probably not because Pittman's young. I'm not saying Higgins isn't necessarily young, but Higgins doesn't strike me as a a wide receiver one. He just doesn't. I'm not saying Pittman is a wide receiver one either, but he feels a little bit closer, and if he feels a little bit more like you could build around him. Um, Ziggy, how old is T. Higgins? T. Higgins is 25 years old. 25. I'm Ziggy, how old is Michael Pittman Jr.? Ziggy, how old is Michael Pittman Jr.? 
Michael Pittman Jr. is 26 years old. Oh, he's older. On October 5th, 1997. He's older than Higgins. Huh. Woo! Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oopsie. Uh, I, you know, I, it doesn't really change my mind though, but like, there's still, I, I, I personally don't see either one of these guys as a wide receiver one, so it doesn't change my mind at all, but I think the Colts might be like, they might view Pittman as a better option. I don't think the Bengals necessarily would or should. I like Higgins. I, I don't think he's a bad receiver at all, but give me, give me Hopkins for one or two years, get a Super Bowl. I mean, Hopkins is, uh, he showed signs of life last year. He just didn't get the football the right way all all, all season long. Just $20 million to be in prison for one year. <laughs> crack shot. Yeah, I, I, crack shot. I'm not saying it's not a, a, a ridiculous thought of these players. For for running backs, it really is because running backs are going to get you like, they're going to get like 10 to $12 million, which is still a lot to, you know, people like us. But but you know, ten million to RB when he's watching QBs get paid sixty mil a year, is is something that that makes a RB cry. Running quarter or wide receivers twenty, yeah, wide receivers are twenty one point eight million on the tag, as of this moment, and that's a nice little piece of of uh, a pie to get for one year. In a full year going from a running back is a long time when you're when yeah. you could be done at twenty eight. That's de that's definitely the case for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, what else? Uh, you got anything else, JFAR? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, how do you think the AFC South is going to play out this year with uh, Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and the Colts? Um, Could be great. Could be, who knows? A crazy division. Yeah, I mean... It's crazy. It's, there's a lot of crazy divisions, man. Do you think Trevor bounces back? A little bit. Um, I'm trying to get a screenshot so I can have a graphic for this conversation. They put this up. The Jaguars did have a rough start to the season with like Thursday night games and overseas games. It was, it was kind of a weird start. They kind put, of never dug out of that hole. Let me put the South up on the screen here. And that way we can discuss it. Okay. Um... I got the records here and everything. We can just, so, he, he, yeah, I mean, here, here's what, the way I would project it right now. I would say Houston, I don't want to say runs away with it, but they feel like they're in total go mode. I love this organization. I love uh, D'Amico. I love the way they love D'Amico. I love the way Stroud's developing. I love his confidence. I love Tank Dell and, and, and Nico. And, you know, they bring in, they're going to, I think, fully... 100% full go at, at a running back like Barkley or Henry or Jacobs. And I think one of those three running backs is in Houston. And then it's a game changer for them. I don't think Jacksonville has what it takes to put enough wins together in a row. Um, could they sneak into the playoffs or something? Like, it wouldn't surprise me. But I also think they're very capable of collapsing. I don't know how I feel about the law dog right now. It's not that I don't love him. I just feel like this situation's rough. It's, it's hard to get a handle on on, on how that's going to go. Colts are going to be dependent on, you know, AR5 staying healthy. Tennessee, I don't see as a, a, a you know, huge threat at all. I, I would say it, it's a good division, but I don't think it's one of the best divisions in football. I, I think it's a good division. I think the Colts and Texans 
that's it's you know and, and the jaguars are good those are all good um i think the texans are by far the best i feel like they're the elite one i think the colts could be a sleeper you know rising star team for sure but do i think they win multiple playoff games this year no could they grab a, a wild card spot wouldn't shock me at all i love ar5 i love jt air5 and whatever wide receiver they bring in with Pittman or without Pittman. I think it's a good team. I think AR5 absolutely explodes. But I think they're maybe a year or so away before they're, they're absolute, you know, it's a dynasty, you know, that we're talking about. I think Texans are, are probably the, the clear-cut favorites. That's the way I look at it. Not writing off the law dog, but that's how I feel. Yeah, no, I think uh, the Colts have a lot with AR5 and JT. Both of them haven't been healthy, you know, so far. So, you know, they're, they got, they got to be healthy for them to be good. And I also see that with the Rams. Stafford over the past few years hasn't been healthy. Cup hasn't been healthy. And Kyron, you know, you know, he has been playing great, but two years in a row, he's been injured. Same, you know, they need everyone to be healthy to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the toughest division in football is going to be it's going to be between the AFC East, um, and this is all subjective. And, and fan bases are going to get all pissed off. It's every everybody's every fan base wants it to be their division. It's just the nature of of this conversation. This conversation is never received well on any kind of like massive level. It's it's going to be the, the percentages of of agreement on this type of topic is like you know break broken into like fifths like one fifth one fifth one fifth but like the 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 west is in the nfc is a tough division rams niners i think seahawks are going to be you know really really tough this year cardinals i you know i know i'm a cardinal fan but i'm always very objective with it i think they're looking they're going to look really strong you add marvin harrison jr if they do or neighbors or somebody uh to this arsenal for for kyler murray it's going to be a good team it's going to be a really good team um, the AFC East is very, very, very solid. Um, you know, Dolphins, um, Dolphins, Bills, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know, back, the Jets are going to be very much in play. And while I think New England's a, a year or two away, they still could be better than we think, depending on the moves they make, you know, so they could fall off. But I, I think these are, these are, these are two very, very tough divisions. Um, trying to think, trying to think if I, what about the North? Yeah, that's yeah, right. um, the Browns. The yeah, that's that's probably that's probably t- tied with those three. I would say the NFC North for sure. Let me put the NFC North. What on. about the NFC North with the Packers, Vikings, Bears? It's good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, we're 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 kind of splitting well, hairs. The, uh, what I wanted to ask you now is, uh, I mean, even the NFC East, even the NFC, well, real quickly, even the NFC East. I mean, Philly, Cowboys. I mean, Commanders. That could be really good too. They're all. They're all yeah. pretty close. We're splitting hairs with it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, if we throw the, the 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 Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, I think the Steelers will not be super competitive. But that those are three teams. I mean, the way you look at it, the, these these three divisions right here, and then if I go get the the NFC North and put that on the screen here, NFC North for sure. You've got at least. Um, but I think the NFC North, because we don't know what Minnesota is going to look like without, with or without Cousins, Chicago Bears, we don't know what they're going to look like. I kind of don't consider the, I kind of consider the NFC North the worst of these four. But I could 
drag them on screen for a second, but I'd say they're definitely competitive in this conversation because of the Lions and Packers for sure. But I probably wouldn't put them in this group. I'd say these are the three toughest divisions in football. Um, and, and arguing, you know, splitting hairs as to which one. Because in each each of these cases, you have three teams that are extremely solid. That that literally you could have all three of the teams in each one of these divisions fighting very hard to to win the wild card spots and the division win, obviously, in one of the teams. But the Niners, Rams, and, and one of the Cardinals Seahawks could could all make the playoffs. The Bills, Dolphins, and the Jets could all make the playoffs. The Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals could all make the playoffs. I think the one thing you could say out of all of these divisions, though, is there's one division where they have literally four potentially amazing teams. Like Seattle and the Cardinals have the shot to be at being that. Um, Kyler Murray's, you know, he's going to come on strong. I think yeah. I, I was, I've been very yeah. critical of Kyler as a Cardinal fan. I've ever right to be. As a Cardinal fan, I have the right to to be critical and say he didn't deserve the bag when they give him gave him the bag. He still, I still stand by that. But he grew a lot. Like I would have probably given him the bag after this year, saying, you know what, the way he handled coming back from the ACL tear, the way he he led, you know, on the field differently than before. I I, I really like what I've seen out of Kyler growing the last couple of uh, uh, well, last handful of months. You know, so I think the Cardinals have a, a very strong team, and you, you, you again, you put a player like Marvin Harrison Jr. on the squad, going to be different. Go yeah, ahead, Jay. Kyler the... left a bad taste in my mouth quitting in that playoff game. A really bad taste. You know, I think the injury help is going to help him with that stuff, though. I think it made him grow up a little bit. I could be wrong, but yeah, I, I do believe in Kyler more now. You know, I, the the hard truth is this: like, is Kyler going to be a quarterback that's going to take the Cardinals to the Super Bowl? I I don't know that I could I could with a straight face say yes. I'm not saying no, but I'm certainly not going to be like yeah. Like like if you ask me, will Josh Allen win a Super Bowl in Buffalo? I can tell you yes. I don't know when, but he will win a Super Bowl if not multiple in Buffalo. You know, he might only win two. He's not going to win seven or six. Or, but will he win two or one? I would say Josh Allen. I have no hesitation when I say yes, none. But do I have hesitation with Car- the Cardinals? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm, heart was broken. The the Kurt Warner year, the the Pittsburgh Steeler year. I know uh, Frankie thinks that affects my um, my content, which it doesn't. But but I I I don't know that Kyler can win a Super Bowl. I just don't know that he can. But does that mean we get rid of him? No. Like he's our best shot at it. And there's no way to replace Kyler. Kyler's a top five to ten quarterback. And if we were to go outside and try and find a different quarterback, we'd find somebody that had the same upside as Kyler if we're lucky. So it's like try and build around Kyler the best we can. Maybe the Cardinals can win a Super Bowl in the next five, six years. It's possible. It's not like favored, but it's possible. If you're telling me that Kyler Murray can't, probably won't win a Super Bowl, is it out of the question that they don't draft a quarterback here? They will not draft a quarterback unless they no. trade Kyler Murray, and I don't think that that is. I don't. If they would have had the number one overall pick, we'd be having this conversation. But they don't have the number one overall pick, so they will not even come close to trading Kyler Murray. It's not even in in, in the conversation. Not zero. Zero percent chance 
that they near zero, ne- nothing zero, I guess. I'd say 99% chance. If they were sitting like the Cardinals maybe were going to be sitting at the one pick, they would have the same dilemma the Bears have. What is better? You're never going to get this shot again. Is Caleb going to be the guy or is he not going to be the guy? And if JD5 climbs up like we think, is JD5 going to be the guy? Is he the next Lamar or is he not going to be? They ha- You have a dilemma to make. But as the, the option drafting for the fourth quarterback, you don't take the fourth quarterback over Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's better than the fourth quarterback. He's better than Penix Jr. He's better than Bo Nix. Not that they couldn't be better, but you don't take that gamble at all. You may be with Caleb, and I'd say no to it, but I'm saying an organization might. Uh, would I rather have JD5 over Kyler? Probably I would, but I'm I'm probably a rare bird in that uh, in that realm. All right, boys, uh, I'm going to wrap up and have you all give me your closing thoughts. we got 140 of you in here. Please punch the thumb up button. we got a respectable 96 thumbs up. I appreciate everybody coming in for this live breaking news show, especially the Bear fans that found us through this, uh, you know, through this title and everything. We're here doing, you know, NFL news all offseason long. Uh, breaking news yeah, live as it, it comes. In. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Jeez, I'm sorry. K- Kirby, thank you for that super chat. Perp says, Smitty. Uh, Smitty isn't no Vegas Denny. Smitty isn't no Vegas Denny. I'm I'm definitely not a Denny type type Vegas guy, but I, I'm I'm one of the people watchers. I definitely do a lot of live streams. I like I don't I don't even I don't even drink, but I would like you know I'd venture around and just kind of absorb the atmosphere. Be there for a, you know any of the potential like the NFL Super Bowl would have been exciting. I just like the atmosphere, but um, you know and, and I got some hookups in Vegas too. We'll be going. We'll be going doing the uh, live Scott Fishbowl draft again this upcoming season, and we'll probably also try our very best to get there to do a, a Smitty Ball Smitty Bash 2024, where we go and do a big draft experience or something like that. So hang tight on that. Perps appreciate that super. Call your boy Loud with a twenty dollar holler. Uh, call your boy Loud. You still here? And Perps with another super chat. Call your boy Loud. Appreciate your twenty. Appreciate you call your boy. Call your boy says, "Don't you snap at me? Snapping is for pimps." Yes, yes. He, the guy's yeah. watched. He's watched the sitcom. If anybody hasn't watched my sitcom, Perps hasn't watched my sitcom. I watch it. Perps hasn't yeah, watched watch it. Perps, it's on the main YouTube homepage. If you go to my main YouTube homepage and scroll down halfway, you'll see all my sitcom episodes. Um, you need to watch them, pal. There's four of them. I want watch, you to go. That's your assignment. That. Yeah. Yeah. That, huh? That's a watch, watch from the beginning to the end. Like yeah, all, that, all four of them. Yeah, they're not they're, they're not super long. You know, some of them are longer than the others, but like some total, it's probably like an hour. Um, but watch all my sitcoms. There's there's four or five episodes. The more are coming. I'm gonna actually move it to another channel because YouTube suppresses the views on it because it's different content than the content I produce. So it like naturally just thinks, no, don't send this to your followers. They won't like it. Um, and so I need to put it on its own channel. So we got uh, subscribe to that. If you go to my YouTube homepage on mobile, you just go to my main YouTube page, scroll down midway through. You'll see all those sitcom episodes. Then you scroll all the way down. You'll see my channels. I have four of them subscribe to all four. One of them is the, the fantasy football intern channel, which will have these episodes debuting on there one at a time. Uh, as I upload them onto that channel, and then we'll create the the newest episode on that channel. Um, but my mom says this: uh, don't if you snap at my mom, 
like, especially right in her face. She goes, don't snap at me. Snapping's for pimps. Uh, just want to let you know, I've watched The Intern Show twice now. It's 100% underrated and deserves more love. So anyone who hasn't checked it out should go do that. Thank you, Call Your Boy Loud. Um, I appreciate that. I think if I had released those on its own channel, it would be huge. I think it's just it gets suppressed. It gets lost in the shuffle. It's not a place to have those sitcom shows on this channel. I even created a, a World of Smitty channel which might be where I do the vlogging from because I don't know that the vlogs would even necessarily respond well because the content's different. And it's not that the way YouTube works is like if if 50 of you are going to jump into a video right when it gets uploaded and watch it and you love it, you need it, you you seek it, that's why you subscribed. And, and, and then YouTube says, damn, man, almost all 50 of these people we just sent this alert to watch it, send it to another 50 more, send it to another 50 more. That's how YouTube works. But when they send the sitcom alert, hey, Smitty sitcom episode two comes out, you might love the idea. You might want to watch it later, but you're driving to work and you're like, ah, I want to hear about the news. So I'll bookmark this. I'll come back to it. And YouTube goes, oh, my God, you know, only half the people this time wanted to watch this right away. Don't send any more alerts out. And then that's how that's how things get suppressed and everything. So I created a separate channel. Um, I'm going to start vlogging a whole lot more this year and have like one of those a week, hopefully. Uh, so it'll be called like, uh, it'll almost be like an episode like the Smithers, I think is what we called it. So it'll be like an episode about basically the behind the scenes of everything. And then the fantasy football interns, a whole different sitcom. Uh, appreciate you. Call your boy loud. Is call your boy loud still in, still here? Did he did he get a chance to hear my response? I hope he is. Sure. Call your boy. Let where me know if you're you here. Where did you say to find the, uh, find that show? Uh, Thomas was asking exactly where it was. Right on the homepage. The YouTube homepage. If you go to go to the let me hit the button here. If you go to this page right here, you see where it says join. There's memberships. There's uh, there's um, channels. If you want to click that to see my channels, but if you just scroll down on this main YouTube page, halfway through you'll see the fantasy football intern graphics. You can't miss them. They're all different colored, normal, different than normal colors and everything. A lot of I think. Uh, uh, pictures of me with a weird face and they got you got grant on there and everything my mom picture of my mom i mean you can't miss it um my mom actually stars in it so mama smitty's in there perps dropping a 20 dollar hauler and then is perps dropping who just became who just dropped a membership perps perps, perps gifted how perps many did he get 20 20 20. What we got? To Saturn. To Saturn, perps. To Saturn. I gotta I gotta pull up the live stream on my laptop here or my iPad so I can see all this stuff. This YouTube exclusive membership stuff. You can only view it if you watch it live like everybody else. 20 gifted memberships. Absolute madness, perps. If you guys got a gifted membership from Perps, please thank him. And he dropped a 9.99 hauler. That's a moonshot right there. Perp says uh, 142 people in the building and only um, 106 thumbs up right now. Uh, Perps, you asked me the question if if it doesn't show you the real number. It for some reason you have to like reload the page to see the updated number. We're at 107, which is fantastic. But uh, if we could get 135 to match 107, I, I wouldn't be offended. So Perps, appreciate you dropping the. Uh, the freaking 20 gifted memberships per perps you're you're a monster 
By the way, I don't know if anybody's had experience with this, but I'm very tempted to do a 72-hour fast. Just to lose a, a, little L, a little LB action, get ahead of the game, and then come in strong. You know, with some, it'll work out while I'm doing it, but come in strong and maintain. I know a lot of people think you'll just drop water weight, but the way some people's bodies work, mine included, it, if I drop the water weight to that degree, I actually will keep it off. I'm, it's just weird with my body, my metabolism. But getting that weight down is really hard. Once I get to a weight, I stay there. Like if I weigh 220, I can eat like a pig and I stay at 220. If I weigh 236, I can eat the same kind of foods, I stay at 236. If I'm at 205, I'm going to eat like an absolute pig drinking. It's 10 Cokes a day and I still stay at 200 pounds. So I really need to just get to this figure, this number that I, at 205, 210, I need to get there. So I'm thinking about doing a 72-hour fast starting tomorrow. And I don't know. It's going to be rough. 72 hours, three straight days without food. Uh, I don't know. I've done, I've done it before. It definitely helps. Just drink a lot of water. How many, how many pounds did you drop? I heard it's going to be like between 10 and 13. Yeah, I lost about 70 pounds. How many? 7 to 8, but I'm not as big oh, as you. I'm about 170. I thought you said 78. <laughs> I said, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I, I might I might document it. I might do a vlog a vlog on it. So that'll be on World of Smitty, I think, is where we'll debut that when I decide to do it. Um, Thomas says, just subscribe to the intern. Okay, Thomas, but did you watch the episodes? on? You subscribe to the intern channel that has no videos on it, but you can watch all four of them. There might be five now. Watch all four of them by just going to my main YouTube page and scroll halfway down and, and watch episode one, two, three, four. Watch them all. You'll love them. I'm, I promise you. Uh, peanut butter and jelly says he'll do it. Who wants to do a 72-hour fast together? Who wants to do it at the same time I'm doing it so we can vent to each other, talk about it? Um, I've done it, Smitty. The first 36 hours sucked, and then it was it was no problem, says Perps. Perps, how many LBs did you drop? And thank you again for your your 20 your $10 super chatting, your 20 gifted memberships. Absolutely amazing. Thomas, make sure you watch the episodes on the main channel. You subscribe to the, the intern show channel. That's great. But you can watch the first four episodes on the main channel. Just go to the middle of the homepage. Uh, who wants to do it with me? Peanut butter and jellies down. Who wants to drop about 10 to 15 pounds in three days? If we drink water, we'll be okay, I think. I'm not a doctor. Make sure you consult your physician. Don't do anything that's going to make you feel sick or... Or your body react to it. I'm not responsible for any of anybody doing it. You make your own decisions. I, I'm telling you, go consult your doctor first before you do this. But who wants to do it with your boy? I would love to do it with you. Matt O says he'll do it. When do we start? Do we do we have one last hurrah Sunday? We eat Sunday. We don't, we don't do. Yeah, maybe do we get on a weekend. They don't have to do it at work. Do it on a weekend? Well, oh, that's true with other people. Uh, is anybody down to is anybody down to try it on starting Monday? Like midnight Sunday night, tomorrow night, midnight, we just stop. We just it's only water. I know it's gonna be hard for some of you at work, but fifteen pounds for perks. I think I'm gonna do it. I just think I it just, will help uh, me. I just cut. I I, I I used to drink a ton of soda, like like Coca Cola, like yeah. you know, like the Mexican Coke you drink and stuff. And 
Oh, I do. I just cut out almost all the soda and stopped eating junk food at night, and I lost like 15 pounds. Yeah, I think I think I could do that in conjunction with it, but I drink about eight to eight or more cokes a day, easy. Like that's nothing. That's I. I, that's, no, I, I just do one. Like, I do one a day now. So. Yeah, I could I could drink three or four in an hour, at, like it's nothing. You know. Yeah. Just pop one, pop one yeah, top off the Mexican story. Cokes and just down them. I mean, I literally, when people say, you drink four Cokes, I'm like, I don't drink four Cokes a day. I drink like eight to ten. Um, uh, the, the thing that's funny about that question is like, I literally, when I'm taking a bite of food, I might drink half of a drink, like just to wash that mm-hmm. down. And by the time I'm done with three or four yeah. bites, the first soda is gone. And someone's like, how do you drink that many Cokes? Like, how do you not drink that many Cokes? I, I, I drink like two or three of them during the meal and then i sip on three or four or five like they're my dessert so but i I don't think i'll have a problem i'll definitely cut down on the the soda but that 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 alone that alone will help you you wouldn't believe it Mm -hmm. it's amazing how much that's why i got these primes take one thing out of your diet that's why i got the primes anyone else trying to lose weight just look, look at look at whatever the most unhealthy thing is. Cut that out for a couple of weeks. All right, so I know it's hard at first. But. Matt, Matt always in peanut butter and jellies in. I want you guys checking in with me. Um, let's let's give tomorrow. Let's see Tuesday. Damn it, Tuesday. Bro, coke uh, being used to clean blood off the streets. Yeah, I know. Here's what it is. Uh, let's do Monday till Wednesday. Okay, let's do it. Let's start Monday. So midnight tomorrow. So Sunday, we'll eat whatever. Take your last snack right before midnight if you need to. Or start earlier so you can end later. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know what? Actually, let's, let's end at 9 p.m. That way we can, maybe if anybody, any of us need to eat at 9 p.m. on Wednesday, we can. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to go to bed without eating. And then make it another 12 hours. 9 p.m. Starting at 9 p.m. tomorrow evening, Sunday. 72-hour fast. Let's do it live. A lot of water. Drink a lot of water. Milk. You can drink milk. That might be a dumb question, but you can drink milk during a 72-hour fast. Can anybody confirm that? Perps? Can we get a confirmation on that? Oh, Sick Nasty just saying those are his main fluids. I got you. Okay. I don't think we can have anything. I think it's water only. I think it's water only. Yeah, fans, water and black coffee. Why did why does black coffee get involved in all this? I don't understand. Is that just because people are, are are incapable of not drinking their coffee? Like, how is black coffee always involved in fasting and everything like that? I think that's I crap. <laughs> I think that's that's like a like a ve- or a, a person vegan uh, eating like eggs and shrimp. Or something, and, and saying I only eat, uh, I don't eat any any animal products at all. But yes, I will have shrimp and and uh, like how does black coffee slip into this? Because people are so addicted to their coffee that they can't do it. Look, look I'm addicted to my soda as much as somebody's addicted to their black coffee. I get that the substance is different, like the, there's no calories, I guess, in it. But I still feel yeah. like you know, now, now the prime has very little calories, twenty. But like I can't. I can't consume this. Nope. All right. I'll see you all later. Appreciate you. Anybody have a last word? Appreciate everybody being here. 144 in the building. Appreciate all 144 of you. It's fasting. Fasting starting at 9 p.m. tomorrow. 
Sunday, fasting for three straight days, 72-hour fast. I'll document it on my World of Smitty channel. All right, we'll see you all. Uh, Later, everybody. Uh, Two teams have made offers. Justin Fields, go watch the the replay of the show if you missed anything. Appreciate every single one of you. Um, Let's go do it live. Leave it on the fields. Just in time. Fields of dreams. Fields like making love. Outstanding in his fields. Fields so good. Fields general. My fields good. Uneven playing fields. Battlefields tested. Fields. Fields. He's for reals. Don't forget, live Monday, for all you new people that have subscribed to, live Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, every single Monday through Friday. Also live whenever news breaks. Tomorrow we'll be going live at least once, uh, at least once tomorrow. See you all later.